Today we are discussing the topic of Chinuch. Welcome to the Yaakov M. Show in the latest Yated Chinuch Roundtable. Panelists were asked about an 8th grade girl in the process of choosing a high school for next year. Her parents, of course, are making the decision or helping her make the decision. The girl is smart and capable. And the question that was posed, should they choose a high school which has a good reputation uh, and considered high level academically? Or should she remain in her current school, which is both an elementary school and a high school? It sounds like that school does not have the same caliber of academics as the other high school. However, many of her friends plan to remain in that school coming into ninth grade. And this raises so many fundamental issues. Should our focus be on academics? Should it be on a child's friends and social life? How about midos? How about hashkafa? Where do those fit in? Where do those factor into the equation? And... Should Shidduch resume play a role at this point, or is it way too early to even think about that? Because the name of the high school, the reputation of the high school, could have an impact on a girl's Shidduch resume later in life if she chose to go to a certain high school versus a different school. And is it way too early, or is that a Hishtadlus that one should at least consider and be a factor when choosing a high school? So in a moment, I'm going to read you the question itself that was posed to the panelists. But before that, let me just say this. The most important focus, our number one priority, should be our children's happiness and emotional health. Assuming, of course, that a child is a shamer teru mitzvah, that a child has the proper hashgafa, the number one priority has to be our child's happiness, emotional health. This is obvious. This is a no-brainer. This is something we all agree about. I'm mentioning it because sometimes it does get lost in the weeds because it's such a given, because it's so obvious Sometimes even the panelists, even the experts, don't place the emphasis on that and don't mention it. Again, not because it's not what they're thinking, not because it's not their top priority, but because they feel it doesn't even need to be mentioned. So I just want to kind of get us all focused on that. I'm going to read you the question in a moment. Then we're going to break down the various approaches given by some of the panelists. We'll break it down point by point. So here's the question. We're in the middle of the application process for our daughter who's graduating eighth grade, entering high school, the elementary school that she is in, has an affiliated high school. Many of her friends will be continuing on to that school. Bliyai and Hara, she's a smart and good student. Our dilemma is as follows. Since we live in a town that has several Beis Yaakov-type high schools, should we encourage her to move on to the school that has the best name and is recognized as being the most academic? Or should she continue on with many of her friends? And quote, so the the wording there, very carefully worded, several Beis Yaakov type high schools. That's a little bit ambiguous. That can mean different things. And then they say, should we encourage her to move on to the school with the best name and recognized as the most academic? So they're not saying it is the most academic. It's recognized as the most academic, which some of the panelists actually pointed out is interesting in that wording. And you don't always know that a place is academic just because it has a reputation of being academic, as we're going to touch on shortly. Now, how did the panelists respond? Let me just give two disclaimers. Number one, these are my observations. These are not meant to be das Torah. Do not be, they should not be construed as das Torah. These are my observations. And number two, I'm just offering an analysis and breaking down what I feel the panelists are trying to get at and some offer some clarity. And I'm not trying to disagree with any of the panelists. I'm not trying to critique any of the panelists in any way. Quite the opposite. I'm I'm trying to bring forth some takeaways and offer some analysis and some additional clarity because there are so many fundamental issues that this touches on. And there does seem to be a difference of opinion among the panelists, as there always is every week, as we would expect, 
which just goes to show you there is no cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all answer. So we have to then figure out, okay, what are the takeaways? What can I walk away with? And then how can I apply that to my own situation in life and to my family's and my children's situation? So let's dive right in here. We talk about a child's social life, about their friends, about academics, right? And the question is, and many other experiences that our child has. And the question is, what is the ultimate goal? As I alluded to earlier, our number one priority is our child's happiness and our child's emotional health. And like I said, sometimes that's so obvious that it doesn't even get men- mentioned. But let me give you an example. You know, There could be a child who is a rock star in school. Imagine your child it gets straight olive pluses, very, very good academically, and the child is stressed and the child is not happy. The child feels like they're under a lot of pressure. It may not come from the parents. It may come from just a certain competitive nature with the other students in the class. It may come from a teacher, from a Rebbe. It could come from all sorts of different sources, but there are times when the child is stressed and unhappy. I'm just giving an example. And yet they get amazing grades and they're highly academic. So is that what we want? Do we want our children to be stressed and to be emotionally unhealthy even if they're successful? No, we don't want that. That's not a good thing. So that means that the be-all, end-all is not a child's academic success. Uh, What about the flip side? There are times when a child is very happy. A child is very emotionally healthy and well-balanced, and the child is secure and sort of complacent and satisfied with their success, but they're not that successful. Maybe they're getting Bays. Maybe they're getting, maybe they're a Bays Plus student and they don't have that level of academic success, but they don't care. That could often be a credit to the parents, by the way. The credits, the parents have made the child so secure, so confident that the child doesn't feel that they need to perform at top. They need to be functional. They need to be productive, but they don't need to be getting straight olive pluses or performing at top level and stressing themselves out. And by the way, I'm very pro academic in the right context, but my point is that. We want to have children that are happy. I'm going to be the defender of children and say that it's, to me, much more important, much more crucial for a child to be happy and emotionally healthy as opposed to a child being successful. Sometimes it's not a contradiction. They're not mutually exclusive. There are many children who can be both, who can be successful and be happy. But my point is that academics and social life, all those things are a means to an end. There are some children who are very sociable, and they get together with their friends. They're very socially active, and they're very happy that way. Other children, children need friends. Adults need friends. Everybody, every human being needs companionship. But there are some children that are happy to just be left alone, have have more privacy, not be as sociable. And again, they have to have some friends, but different strokes for different folks. Some children are happy in a very different social setting than other children. So it's very important to realize what is the goal And what is the means to the end? What is the vehicle to achieve that goal? The goal is for the child to be happy. The goal is for the child to be healthy. Academics, social life, those things are a means to an end, but they're not the end unto itself. That's very, very important. So then the question becomes, okay, so it's academics versus friends. Now, in this particular question that was raised, the child may make friends and may have a lot of good friends in the new high school. And sometimes friends from seventh grade and eighth grade, you get to high school and suddenly you're not so friendly with them anymore because you mature, you have different focuses, different priorities. Other kids come into the school now that it's a high school, certain kids leave, dynamics change. So there are like so many variables here. It's hard to just assume, well, that the child's friends are going to remain through ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. It certainly makes sense, but it's not a guarantee. And of course, kids go to high school all the time and only know some kids in the high school or very few 
and do make friends, especially if a child is well-adjusted, if a child's not too shy, if a child is relatively secure. So I wouldn't assume anything here, but let's assume that. Let's assume one school is better as far as social life goes and the other school is better as far as academics. Well, now the question is very subjective. Which which is going to make your child happier? Is it to be academically successful or is it uh, being sociable and having friends? Again, we're not assuming that the child's going to have no friends in the other school, but they have close friends now. It's a safe bet. The other school is an unknown. I don't think there's a simple answer personally to this question. I think the panelists kind of alluded to that. But the point is uh, some children, their friends will make them happy. If they have friends, if they like those friends, that's the key to their happiness. Other children, they're going to look around. They're going to say, you know what? I feel that my school is is not top tier as far as academics go. They'll know that there's another school out there that has a higher level, has a reputation for having higher caliber academics. They don't feel stimulated. If a child is an academic type of child, if a child's a type of child that thrives on success, they may feel like they're not performing. They may feel dissatisfied. So to me, then you have to know your child, and I don't think there's any one simple answer here. Well, every child should go to either school A or school B. I think that's you have to analyze what is going to make my child truly happy. Another point that the panelists bring up, which is really interesting, they say just because a school has the best name doesn't necessarily mean that the school truly is the best. The school might have a reputation for being highly academic, but then you find out the school is not really that academic and somehow it just got that reputation. It doesn't always follow. Very often, if a place has a certain reputation, it's because that's the reality. It's because it's inherently like that. But that's not always a guarantee. So they make that point. Because, again, the question is worded very interesting. The question is the school that has the best name and is recognized as being the most academic. So, for example, Rav Moshe Bender from Dachai Torah, he said that if both schools are equal in Yadus and academics, stay with her friends. But if one school is much better than the current one is, and he specifically mentions Yadus and academics, he said, then I would encourage her to go to the school with the best name. However, one must, I'm quoting here, one must make sure that it is really a great school and not only rely on the name. So very interesting point there. Should you choose a school just based on reputation? No. The answer is no. At least the panelists certainly seem to feel that way, and I've heard this from other experts. Reputation itself is not the be-all, end-all. You have to know what inherently is happening. This is true in a school. This is true in a yeshiva. And an expert once made the point. I'll just mention it here, food for thought. What if a a bucker, for example, a boy, can go to a yeshiva and that yeshiva, let's say a base manager, that yeshiva has a great reputation, but it wouldn't be the best place for him. But it has a very good reputation, and it would be good, let's say, for Shaduchim. So an expert once said to me, that's not a hishtadlus that's appropriate for a person to do. I'm going to go to a place that's not the ideal place for me, simply because the reputation will be better for Shaduchim. Now, again, that's a question for Das Torah. That's not a question for me to decide, but I'm just putting it out there and mentioning that just because someplace has a good reputation doesn't mean it's inherently a better place. Also doesn't mean that it's uh, the right fit for me personally. And sometimes we can kind of get lured by the reputation and be very unhappy as a result. Now, some of the panelists, back to the question, said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. In other words, if the girl is happy in her current school and the one of the choices, as we said, is continuing on in the same school. It's a high school connected to the elementary school. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. She's happy. So let's keep things status quo. I just want to point out there's a counter argument. That's an interesting point. Obviously, that's a very compelling point, which is, look, why go to an unknown? You have a situation right now where the girl is happy. In addition to friends, you have uh, the hashkafas of the school obviously are in line with the parents. They seem 
to be pretty happy with the school if we if we can extrapolate that from the question. So why mess around? Why take a risk where it might be better, but it also might be wor- worse? However, I just want to point out a possible counter argument is high school is a big change from elementary school. So number one, it's a different on Hala, even though it's under the same umbrella. Generally speaking, with a high school that's connected to an elementary school, it has a different on Hala. And it won't necessarily offer the exact same type of setting, the exact same type of surroundings and environment, the exact same type of warmth. So it's not necessarily a given if it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, because it is definitely a new structure, a new surrounding it's it's going to be a different hanhala. Number two, some of the kids are going to be different. The dynamics are going to be different. No guarantee that you that the girl will even be in the same class as her friends or current friends now. New girls are going to come in. Some of the girls will leave, etc. So, and in general, the switch from elementary to high school could be a huge change. Even even within the same school, even sometimes within the same building, it can be a huge change. So it is possible that a lot of things will be different about the high school experience, even when you're staying in the same school. So I feel that's something. However, bottom line is there is a certain safety net there because it's something you're familiar with and used to. And I really want to point out some of the panelists said that academics are overrated. And I think that this is a really, really interesting point and something that we should analyze from. And I alluded to it earlier, but let me read you here Rav Yechiel Spiro's response. Number one, he said it's a given. He said, do not switch. If she's happy, keep her where it is. Keep her where she is. Don't mess with success. Are his words, and then he said, "Quote: Academics are terribly overrated. Placing an overemphasis on it breeds elitism. It's caused so much hurt, and for what? Much of the additional academic material is utterly useless. In most cases, it will not make you a better yid, better person, better husband, better wife, better mo- better mother or father. It's debatable whether you will make a better living because of it. So, just for the name." Are you doing it for vicarious purposes? Think about it. We talk a lot about midas, avas, Hashem, yoshimayim, simchas, chayim. But tragically, these other qualities that really help you in life are rarely highlighted. Which school has nicer and finer children? Send there. So he is very strong, very adamant that academics are overrated. And it's just about the name and the reputation. You will not make a better living because of the higher academics in the high school. That's Ravichiel Spiro. I think this is really interesting. His points are very, very strong. And as I said, <clears throat> he himself is saying this in a very adamant way. And not, again, I'm only here to interpret, but everything he's saying is clearly spot on in the sense that academics are not, number one, it's not going to make you a better living. Nobody went to who went to a better high school is making more money 10 or 15 years down the road. Who's even asking? You go to a speech therapist or you go to a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or Let's say somebody goes to a social worker for therapy. Is anybody say, well, what high school did they go to? Certainly not. I mean, no, high school is never going to impact, at least choosing between these two high schools or most yeshiva high schools, it's not going to impact your paycheck as an adult in any way. And he's saying it breeds elitism. He's saying that a lot of the academic material is useless, not going to make you a better husband, wife, father, mother. So what's the point of academics? So here's, here's the point that I want to make here is it's 100% true. We get kind of, I, I believe this actually is, is we are too influenced by outside society, by Goyesha and secular society. So we've learned to put this major emphasis on academics. And there are some parents out there who they want Hitzdainus, they want their child to be a Mitsuyun, and they only want Shaduchim from families of Mitsuyanim. And this is something they emphasize a lot. I'm not criticizing them at all. I certainly understand and respect that. And I, for one, I value academics and academia and academic success. Spiro is making the point that when you put it compared to 
so many other of these crucial values. Uh, you compare it to the right hashkafa and the right midas and Simchas Chayim and Emunah, Bitochen, Avas Hashem, Yiras Shemayim, all these things, uh, the, the, it, academics ha- doesn't hold a candle to any of them. Uh, academics very often is useless. It doesn't help you in any way. There's nothing about it that's inherently valuable. And that's the point. The point is we have to distinguish, as I said earlier, between things that are inherently valuable, like Midas, Hashkafa, and Ahavas Hashem, Yerushamayim, and things that are just a means to an end. Academics has no inherent value. You could show me somebody, a wonderful Tehillim Yid, or somebody who is a real Eved Hashem, somebody who has incredible Midas, but and, and, and somebody who learns, a, a serious Masmid, but just somebody who's not high caliber academically, uh, and that person is, is a wonderful person. They could be a happy person, great person to be around, great husband, great parent. And then you could have somebody who's a super academic who, who is not a lot of those things. So that's sort of Spiro's point. I just I want to add one sort of caveat, which is that we have to also take into account the reality we live in in our society. I don't know that you could totally negate academics. And again, I'm sure Spiro would agree with this. Because right now it is a part of the system. Academics is a part of the system. There's no denying that. And there is a big emphasis in a lot of yeshivas, both boys' yeshivas and girls' schools, on academics. And there are some children that thrive on academics. Now, maybe you'll say it's nurture, not nature. Maybe you'll say, well, look, they were raised that way. That's the culture. But there's no no, no inherent value to the academics. Okay, you can make that case. However, the bottom line is we have to deal with the reality that we're in. So if you have a child who is aware that there are academic, there are very, very good schools out there that have a very high level of academics, and the child is capable. The child has kishroinus. The child, this is something that the child does value. Even though you say, well, it's not inherently valuable. Okay, I'll grant you that. But if that's something that the child is desperate for, and you're going to send the child to a school where they're going to have a lot of friends, but it's a low-level academics, number one, they may not be stimulated. They may not be satisfied. But number two, they may be looking at the other place. They may know people at the other place, or they may just be aware, hey, wait a second. I'm not achieving what I could be achieving if I had gone to a school with a reputation for being uh, higher academics. So, yes, we can kind of uh, look at inherently, well, should it be like this? Should it not be like this? Is this the way it was supposed to be? Is this the way Chazal wanted it to be? Focus on academics. Academics are useless. Academics don't have inherent value. We can do all of that, say all of that, and it's 100% accurate. However, like I said at the outset— is the child going to be happier? Is the child's emotional health, stability, well-being going to come from a place with higher academics? So that would just be the one situation where I would say, okay, yeah, we shouldn't emphasize academics. And is it just about the reputation? No, it's not just about the reputation. Sometimes if that's what the child thrives on, then that's something that we're going to have to provide the child, even though, yeah, maybe in a perfect world, that wouldn't be something, one of our ideals, one of our values. But we're not in a perfect world. We're in the reality that we're in. We're in the society that we're in. And it does emphasize academics a lot. And kids are not living in a bubble. So like I said, some things are necessary because they make children happy, even if they're not inherently valuable. I'll give you an example, by the way. What about a house? You're buying a certain house. And the question is, well, why do I need this house? It would suffice to just have a smaller house or a different house, different place. And sometimes the answer is, well, the kind of space you live in and the house uh, actually will change a child's happiness or a family's happiness or even adults and parents will be happier in a different house. So you'll say, well, it's just material wealth. Well, yes and no. Sometimes it can really impact a person's simchasachayim. What about clothing? I don't I can just 
The child can look schlumpy. Why does a child have to have nice clothing? There's no inherent value to clothing. It's not midas. It's not your shemayim. It's just clothing. It's just external. So what difference does it make? Well, the answer is if a child is not dressed well and they know it, uh, they're not going to fit in. They're not going to feel comfortable. And, you know, vacation, there's so many other areas we can have this conversation where, well, look, it's just external. It doesn't really inherently change anything. Well, yeah, but children need it because, bottom line, there's a reality here. So you have to address the society you're in and the reality you're in. You can't just ignore it and say, well, in a perfect world, my child wouldn't care about any of these things. They're not just children. Uh, adults as well. We're all human. And there are certain things, yeah, they're not inherently valuable, but they're valuable because they increase our happiness and they increase our emotional well-being. So bottom line, these are a lot of subjective issues. If the child would be happy in both places, yeah, then we can start debating the inherent values. But if you tell me this child is only going to be happy in a place that offers high academics, then I would think all the panelists would agree. You need to send them to a place where they're going to be happy. If the child is only going to be happy where they have a social life, and you think, listen, in this school, that's where they're going to have friends, and the academics, child doesn't care. Uh, I'm pressuring the child to be to be successful academically because I want that, but maybe the child doesn't care. So all these things, you have to know your child, and then you have to make a subjective decision based on your child. But, yes, yeah, certainly child's happiness, child's emotional health, if that's going to happen in either place, well, yeah, then we start focusing on, well, what about hashkafa? What about the proper midas? Where's the child going to get more warmth? Where's the child going to have anhala and teachers that really give them the care and attention that they need? So that's why this is so, so subjective a question and an area where you really have to know, number one, your child, number two, what the different options are, and then hopefully you can make a decision. But I'll close with this thought. Davin, 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 the three things that are going to help us be great parents and have successful children, happy children, healthy children, more than anything else, the three things are Davin, Davin, Davin. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.